Welcome to Rebel Hour, a podcast chat with entrepreneurs who are rolling out brands that are empowering, inspiring, innovating, or causing a big stir. They aren't just doing things the same old way, they're doing it the rebel way. Hey, I'm Jennifer, host here of Rebel Hour and voice behind Lady Rebel Club. Let's dive in and meet this week's guest. Hey everyone, so today I have the lovely Kirsty Heap with me from Kirsty Heap Coaching. Hello, Kirsty, how are you? Hello, I'm very, very well. Thank you. Good. Well, listen, it's great to have you here on Rebel Hour. And I would love for you just to start off by maybe letting the audience know and our listeners know a little bit about yourself, your business, you know, what brings you to the Rebel Hour podcast, you know, what goodness do you have to share with us today? Just whatever you feel like sort of, you know, telling us about. Okay. So as you've introduced me, I'm Kirsty Heap and I am a coach. The first thing I want to kind of share is I'm dyslexic and I was diagnosed when I was seven years old and that really impacted me throughout all of my schooling. Um, I find it quite ironic that I've actually worked in schools later on, but as a child, couldn't stand school, hated it. Wow, and I, that found, is I know, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, and I found it just really challenging. And then I thought when I finished school that all of the feelings I had about my dyslexia and how to be honest I was letting it control me for want of a better word would disappear and they would just vanish and I didn't want to learn about it I really was that head in the sand person and got into work and I realized it hadn't gone away it was still there and if anything it was getting bigger and it was like a weight to be honest around my ankle that was getting heavier and my background is in recruitment and HR. And I just suddenly found that it was getting bigger and heavier. And I reached a ceiling with my wages where I couldn't go any further because I didn't have the relevant qualification. I didn't have a master's degree. I hadn't even done A-levels because in my head, I didn't think I could because I was dyslexic. So oh. that's the impact I, it was having on me. It was really... It was like a cap on me. I couldn't break through. And it was just this imaginary cap I put on myself. And I just, for a few years, I put up with that cap and was like, well, that's just how it is. You're dyslexic, you can't break through it. Then I had my second child. And as he arrived as a boy, he near enough came out showing me his left hand. You know, I'm going to be a lefty. And he's a boy. And I was like, right, I know it's hereditary. I know it's more prevalent in boys. I know it's more prevalent in left-handers. Well, guess what, kiddo? Mm. And that was a bit like a turning point for me because I didn't want him to feel how I felt growing up. And he's dyslexic and he doesn't feel how I did growing up. He's had a totally different experience. And I think that is because I started putting in the effort to actually learn about it. And that was really emotional. Mm. I had a lot of tears. I had a lot of stamping moments, I want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand those. <laughs> yep. But at the same time, it gave me some real clarity about what dyslexia is, what it is for me, because we're all unique. Yeah. Yes. And I suddenly realised that actually there were some good parts of it. And some mm. of my skills and my strengths were because I was dyslexic. Yeah. No one ever told me about good bits about it when I was little. It was just all 
the bad bits. Mm -hmm. So that made me start thinking, hang on a second, girly. Yeah. You have been limiting <laughs> yourself here. And politely, I put my big girl pants on and thought, stop this. I'm going to prove to myself, actually, that I'm in control. Mm. I'm going to prove to my kids, both of them, that life is what you make it and you're never too old to learn. So I enrolled myself in a master's degree. Oh. And I was able, I know, which I found very scary at the start. <laughs> but, but I was fortunate I was able to do it because I had previously done a AAT, which is like an accountancy course. Mm. So I'd done that. So they allowed me onto the um, master's degree because of that. And that was a real turning point. One, it was going back into that learning environment. Yeah. And that was scary. And I remember going to have a dyslexic assessment done. And that was petrifying to start with because I'd had quite negative experience of it. But I actually really enjoyed it. It was totally really? different yeah. to how That's I was strange, when I was little. And yeah. I was like, wow, I get a laptop and a printer <laughs> to help me and software. So um, I did all my kind of degree. I passed that successfully. And then that took me on to the next level within my career, which then meant I became a manager and a senior manager within HR which was fantastic but then it also realized ah you actually now need to be more open about your dyslexia because there are mm. certain things you've learned that you're not great at or just <laughs> yeah, proofreading yes and I remember doing a uh, kind of a case really and it was about mediation I wrote a letter and it was about two very senior members of staff. And halfway down my letter, it changed from mediation to medication. <sighs> it was spelled correctly. So that's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> but because it was spelled correctly, it wasn't picking up on the spell check, which then meant as I was reading it, I was reading mediation because that's what I thought it should be saying. Now, thankfully, I'd actually asked one of my members in my department to proofread it for me because I knew that was one of their strengths and something they enjoyed get doing they found that hysterical and was <laughs> like do you know what I think medication would be brilliant for those members of staff yeah. I think you need mediation that's one of those Freudian slips perhaps you know yeah, exactly <laughs> but that's when I kind of thought do you know what good on you girl for being open and honest mm. and saying proofreading is not one of my fortes right who is it in the department that actually enjoys that who's good at it yeah but then I started giving some justification some explanations so they wasn't they weren't thinking oh I was being a bossy manager just you know sending out things it was letting people know why and by doing that I found more people I was managing across different departments because I moved into operations so I was looking after IT and estates and compliance people were coming to me and going oh I'm dyslexic actually yeah. or I have ADD can I talk to you can you help me and I realized that were so many people suffering in silence definitely there are mm -hmm. and it was it was deafening in a way yeah. about how many people were and that I found so sad mm. because I'd felt I'd been there I'd been through that pain and now I was seeing other people going through yeah. that. And for me, within my role of HR, that performance development 
is something I'm really passionate about. And that's what led me into coaching because I realized now looking back, hindsight's a great thing. <laughs> I was coaching so many different people. And just didn't even. Within realize. my HR scenario. Yeah. And I suppose it's maybe it's something about getting older. And I've gone from that person who once had their head in the sand about their dyslexia <laughs> to being a bit like a foghorn going, right. I need people to understand this and I'm doing that to try and help the younger people the younger me the people but I say even the younger it's not that I've met people of my own age I'm in my mid-40s now and I've Mm. met people my age that still don't feel comfortable to share it with their employers and you know I explore why and there's lots about judgment there's lots about stigmatism um, and I was speaking to someone recently and they found out they were dyslexic only recently and they're in their late 30s early 40s mm. yeah well that's it it's hard and that's, and it's hard yeah, yeah I thought it might be easier in some way because mm. there's a lot more out there about dyslexia about the positivity no mm. they said it was like being slapped around the face because for them they still went back to all the judgments that they'd heard, that they felt, that they just felt felt weighed down by it suddenly. Mm. And I felt by other other people have said, oh no, it's been a breath of fresh air, it now all makes sense. Mm -hmm. So people have different environments all all the way with it. Well, that's it, and there there very much is, it's, just like we're all unique I think the way it impacts us and even the way finding out and you know it's such a it's such a different experience for all of us and how you know um like for me it was like yeah makes sense you know and that was it you know because mm-hmm. it just it just did very much much make sense you know and even you know, with, um, and it was funny how you mentioned, you know, um, about the kids. And I think for a lot of us, um, it's, you know, I didn't get my, my diagnosis per se because of my son. Um, but it kind of started the wheels thinking, um, because it was when I was learning about, you know, about, um, you know, being autistic and, you know, and how, you know, that might show up, you know, and now he was very young when we started that with him that, you know, looking into that, but it made me kind of like, there was a few things, not a lot, because obviously the presentations are very different um, with boys Mm. and girls, but it kind of made me go, oh, well, that kind of sounds a little familiar, you know, just a little. (laughs) But yeah, when, once I really kind of then started to look into it, um, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is a lot familiar. (laughs) It was like, Claire, how did I ever miss this? You know? And I think sometimes, you know, it is one of those things we look back and go, oh, wow. But it's, I think it's so... And it's funny how you, it's almost like you've had this very natural progression, you know, from, you know, in some ways full circle with coming back, you know, on the education side, Mm -hmm. but you know, how, and even probably very much taking on a coach-like role, like you were saying with so many people, but you weren't, you didn't see yourself as a coach, you know, or doing anything like that. And now, you know, you've kind of brought it, have brought it back, brought Mm. it back to that and can fully utilize those tools and, you know, I love the fact of, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean because we're neurodivergent, 
we are automatically skilled, you know, working with with anyone else who's neurodivergent per se, because we all do have different experiences and we still have Mm -hmm. to, you know, know what we're talking about, right? Um, But I think having that level of understanding, you know, because there's, it's far difference between having a coach who, you know, is neurodivergent or who's dyslexic, you know, Mm -hmm. who might be able to understand some of the path that you've traveled And some of those, you know, those similar threads that are going to weave between that perhaps somebody who's not, you know, neurodivergent wouldn't possibly get. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there's not great, you know, mentors and coaches. And of course there are, you know, that aren't, that are neurotypical per se. But I think having that level of understanding just makes it, it almost makes it easier as well to form that connection you know which you have to Mm -hmm. have you know I think you know and and to have a really good relationship with your coach you have to have that trust with them and I think that that gives you some some you know at least sort of initial feeling that yeah this might be okay (laughs) because at least they're going to understand and not think I'm completely crazy right yeah because sometimes that's what we think I don't know about you but I you know especially towards the earlier stages um and really trying to figure out how to make the business thing work and work with me and I, for so long I thought it was just me that I just mm-hmm. must be you know I'm the issue I'm the problem right because well Jennifer why are you doing things this way why do you always have to be difficult a lot of common phrases I know a lot of us have heard you know, throughout mm-hmm. our lifetime. Um, and knowing that and developing those I guess, tools and and strategies and all so that we can not just making, make working in our business better for us, but creating a business, you know, and a life, you know, that suits us more um, and that we're happier with, dare I say, you know. And it um, is about happiness. Yeah. That I think is so important. Yeah. And I think I've heard so many kind of coaching clients I've spoken about and it's suddenly the language they're using to themselves mm. and how they don't even realize sometimes the negative comments they're making or reinforcing until it's shown or kind of, you know, we may discuss it. And that can have such a massive impact. Yeah. And a lot Definitely. of work can be around changing that mindset, changing that terminology mm. and being nice to ourselves. Yes, we're so hard on ourselves (laughs) (laughs) where we really are our biggest critic you know I think in general a lot of a lot of times that's true I think it's especially true dare I say with women you know my experiences of of just people that I've talked with and you know I think definitely too if you have that innate kind of um second or that secondary voice that I know a lot of us have as Mm -hmm. neurodivergence as well that is overly critical, you know, about everything or that doesn't, because maybe it doesn't understand too. We don't even know, well, what's this other voice? <laughs> now people are going to listen to this point. Like Jennifer's now, you know, completely insane, but we do a lot of times have that, yeah. that, that voice. I definitely um, have a voice. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, and you're going right. You know, do we listen to it? Do we not, you know, and, and it can be very, very critical of us. So, yeah, I think that there's, having that relationship and being able to relate and all of that is so important and being kind to ourselves yeah it's such an important there's so much of your saying is important (laughs) right Jennifer it's all important um but definitely is so 
it, it doesn't come easy for us. And I suppose no. that's why I'm kind of like stuttering here as well, because it isn't, you know, I could talk a lot of BS and go, oh, yeah, that's an easy thing. But it's not, you know, it's not. Easy. And it's something we need to hear sometimes time and time again. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, for me, sometimes actually putting my hand out and saying, do you know what? I need a bit of assistance with something. Yes. I found a real challenge before. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of like, why? Whereas oh. now, you know, I have a coach myself and it's been one of the best things I've ever had because yeah. it's helped me not only within my business side, but within me as a person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few years ago, I thought spending time working on myself was a bit like oh that's way down the priority list there's other more important things yeah but it's like nope you are important (laughs) because if I'm not working at my best and the happiest and actually the effects that have on everyone yeah definitely and it's funny because I was actually speaking with a, a, a conversation I had earlier today with someone and different conversation but similar theme that it's come back to and that we were talking about you know the concept of putting your own oxygen mask on first right and very similar um in that you know if we don't take care of ourselves um whether it's from you know giving ourselves time you know self-love self-care to like you said you know personal development you know and stuff like that as well um and giving ourselves that space and being kind to ourselves we it really holds us back and we think it's the opposite you know, mm-hmm. we always think, oh, yes, like, just like you were saying, oh, I don't know, to do, I don't need to do this. I'll just, you know, bulldozer through. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll, it'll be grand, right? And no, it usually isn't grand. Um, or it could be better anyway. It definitely could be better. And being able to have that, that time and, and, you know, our, just how we talk to ourselves, And that's something that I talk about a lot is, you know, flipping that switch and how we communicate with ourselves. Um, not necessarily from, you know, a, a mindset perspective per se, but more about, you know, how, how we talk about ourselves in our business and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. and um, how then if we want to shift those exterior paradigms, you know, and all of that kind of stuff, you know, we're never going to change attitudes or behaviors or anything if we can't change, you know, the talk that's going inside ourselves. We have to change that first so that when we have conversations with people or we approach people or we approach, you know, certain situations, we're bringing, you know, the best language and the best light and the best conversation possible, I suppose, you know, to that rather than starting it off at a point of negativity or, you know, putting ourselves kind of, you know, um, not in harm's way per se, but putting ourselves not in the best position, you know, that, that we could have. And we set the tone, don't we, when we first have a conversation Mm -hmm. with somebody or now maybe they have preconceived ideas, whatever that might be. But if we come to the table and we bring X, Y, and Z with us versus A, B, and C, the dynamic, you know, can be, can be very different. So it's definitely really, really important. Well, let me ask you this. If you had to today give like one inspiring thought or one really great tip or strategy for somebody who is dyslexic um what would it be oh wow put me on the spot there I know I just landed that on you sorry (laughs) one tip I know from so many it's probably hard but I think 
one tip for me or one thing that I've really noticed has made a massive difference is a morning routine. Mm. Oh, that's good. So yeah. in the sense of I don't have to get up at 5.45 or 6. Mm. I could roll out of bed at half seven, but I don't. And what I found was if I get up earlier and do the bits I want to do, so what I mean is, is I might do some exercise mm -hmm. because that wakes me up. I actually do take a cold shower, which is a whole different conversation about yeah. probably getting comfortable <laughs> with being uncomfortable. I try and walk out in nature. So if I haven't done exercise inside, I might go and do a bit of walking outside. I might do some mediation. And it's getting mediation. See, I've done it there, meditation. <laughs> and I'm just going along with it. I'm like, yeah, oh. you do your mediation in the morning. Yeah, no, I don't do Note morning. to self, Kirsten and I do not uh, <laughs> proof anything for each other <laughs> ever. So, no, it's a meditation. But what I found is by doing that, how I show up for my working day is a totally different character to how wow. if I roll out of bed and just start and how that actually affects my dyslexia through the day mm. so if I haven't done that I find I get more frustrated with myself oh. with my spelling because spelling is one of my things and I you know one of those classic things is I know what word I want but can I think of it yeah. nope have I got a clue how to spell it? Let's not even go there. That's not <laughs> going to happen. I mean, jeeps. Hey, Siri's my best friend. Um, but it's it's amazing how just if I don't set myself up in the morning right, mm. how it affects. Someone will say something to me, and I might actually use a sharper tone back because I won't be able to laugh off whatever it is so easily. But yeah, my morning routine, I'll probably be able to actually laugh it off. And that you do have to be able to have a bit of fun and laugh yeah. things off. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's and you know what? I think that's great advice. Not just for anyone who's dyslexic, of course, um, having a morning routine can be hugely beneficial for anyone. Uh, yeah. I definitely think if you're neurodivergent or, you know, anything like that, that's a huge that is a huge one in um I always find it interesting because um you know part of me loves the routine and part of me is like no let's go do any you know anti-routine stuff that you know wants to do the complete opposite so there's this kind kind of you know always you know pull and tug in my mind along around several sort of things like that but I do find that yeah the in general the morning routine is is really like you said, it's just helpful that it does kind of help set the tone. And that routine can be something really small. You know, it doesn't oh, have to be yeah. start small, even at the beginning, like you're saying. And, and it can be a um, pick mix. You can yeah. have a little pick mix yes. and you can choose Ooh, which ones you do each day. I like so that. Yeah. And that's actually a great way, especially if you're kind of like me. And, you know, as much as you like the routine, you also need to kind of give in to the side that needs to not have the constant routine because otherwise it drives you nuts as well oh yeah so having the pick a mix that's ooh, I love there that you go. in fact we might have to have a separate conversation about what we could do with something with that because that's great <laughs> that's absolutely fine <laughs> so yes have your morning pick a mix um yeah for Christy but listen it's been lovely to chat I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today 
Um, there will be all kinds of socials and links and everything in the podcast notes. So please check those out um, and please go and, you know, learn more about um, Kirsty's coaching at, at her website and socials and more about her as well. She's an amazing lady. And I just want to thank everybody for listening uh, or watching if you're back, maybe watching parts of the video and we will catch you next week. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks, Christy. Cheers. Bye.